You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning, everybody. It is Martin Luther King Day, and I am Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for January 16th, episode 3100. This episode is brought to you by the World Equestrian Center. Good morning, horse people. You have found Horses in the Morning on a Monday. You are in for an amazing horsey week of laughter, learning, and fun. With Glenn and Jamie. There's a new opener for you on this. I like it. <laughs> on this January day. You hadn't heard that one before. Nope. So welcome everybody today. Otter April's gonna join us to talk about some adventures shopping for you. yeah yeah we'll see how that went i don't even know how that went uh i'm gonna tell you a little bit about the wisa trade show and i got an interview with somebody that i'd never met before i was so excited to meet he's the voice of polo in wellington and the owner of something else we talked about recently plus some equestrian first world problems and in the auditor post show i came across this article of the 21 of the world's most bizarre laws you know we've done bizarre laws in the past years ago but these are really bizarre so we're going to talk about those in the post show but first the virginia tech police department has a new honorary member of its police force that's right ringo is the brand new member of its police force and you're thinking well they must have a mounted unit and this is one of the horses in the mounted unit well if they had a mounted unit it would take a five-year-old to ride this horse because it's a little pony Uh, so they ringo is a little pony they have added to the police force and they have a community policing program called where's ringo the police patrol pony so apparently they got him and they added him to the police force. He has a little uniform and everything. Uh, and they added him because he's kind of just a goodwill ambassador. And he spreads happiness around the campus. So, you know, I, I can see it at a campus with college kids. Oh, my God, they would go crazy over a, a little tiny pony. Uh, so apparently the partnership is happening now. And he's out walking the campus and doing all kinds of stuff to prevent crime. Actually, not, but he's out there in his booties and his diaper, and apparently he is suited for all terrains, so he can okay, go anywhere on the campus. he's not a pony, he's a mini. Uh, how do you get that gig? I want to be a police <laughs> officer that walks around with a mini and just, like, talks to people. I didn't Hi. see how exactly he got the job. I didn't know if he had to apply or what happened there, if there was interviews. I don't know. Uh, but he is a police patrol pony, they're calling it. Looking at the pictures, he has a red bow in his tail. Yes. Does that mean he, he kicks? kicks? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But he's out there to help promote their programs oh. and services. And I think just to be cute. Why he's Looking there. at senior citizens. Do you think he gets and... paid in more than hay? Do you think he gets something extra? Well, he gets a lot of love, that's for sure. I hope, I hope he doesn't get more. Don't You should know, don't feed ponies <laughs> a ton of treats. <laughs> so Scooter would love this gig. He would think this was the best thing ever. Because you remember, my uh, little hackney pony loves pretty girls. So on a campus full of them, he'd be in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> He, but remember, horses um, read your intention. And so, as the handler, who loves pretty girls, Glenn? (laughs) (laughs) 
I'll tell you what, you know, people, I, I say this all the time, but it is so true. I don't even have to be outside. A guy will walk up to his pasture and he walks over and says, and he walks away. But a pretty girl comes up, he just is all over. It's How proud so are you? Crazy. I am. How I taught him well. I taught him well. He's a good little pony. <laughs> We have a bunch of auditor birthdays, and of course, auditors are our supporters. They actually donate a little bit of money each month to be part of the auditor clan. And Mackenzie McCullough, Elizabeth Toby, Carmel Dunlap, Alex Sherman, and Libby Cluett are all auditors who have birthdays. Happy birthday to all of you. And also, also we have a brand new auditor last week. She did, she wanted to make sure that we didn't have a week without a new auditor, and that was Heather Brower. She's our brand new auditor. Thank you for joining the club. If you haven't asked to be part of the HRN Auditor's Room, just search for that in Facebook, and you can, you can join the party. My daily Winnie, I didn't get to mention it last week, and I'm a little behind, but I just wanted to give a daily Winnie to Mary Calkins. You know, I lost my, I've had a crap, I'm saying quarter. It's just been a rough quarter between the end of last year and this, this month. And uh, I lost my little Jack Russell, who best estimate, he was about 127 I was years say, old. I think he was, I think... The Jack Russell's been around longer than I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's he was like, yeah, really uh, older, and we we lost him due to the infirmities of old age, and it was really heartbreaking and all this. And Mary Calkins had come for a clinic, and Tank was a dog that he was he was a shorty Jack, so he's like a miniature Jack Russell. And if you sit down by the round pin, he'll jump in your lap. Mm-hmm. He's like, there, it's my seat, seat. And so I guess she took a picture of him. When he was sitting in her lap and then made it into a drawing and drew it and then ma- oh, framed it and cool mailed it that? to me. And it is so beautiful. And, of course, they showed it to Lucas and he just started crying. Like, it was very, very, very sweet. So oh, I wanted neat. to. I know. It was so we nice. the best listeners. <laughs> I know. I know. It was so cool. And uh, I also wanted to thank everybody. Uh, you know, I had a rough week last week. Glenn, I told him to listen to the podcast so I didn't have to re-talk about everything. But if you didn't hear on Friday... I talked about Salvo and Zeus, and I just wanted to thank everybody for the incredibly kind words that you you guys are so sweet. And uh, it was a, it was a tough tough couple of weeks. Um, so I listened to I that just, on the airplane on the way home from Dallas, and that was a mistake. <laughs> so, oh God! <laughs> I'm sitting there looking all sad and getting teary, and thank God there was nobody beside me because I thought I was thinking, oh, this this isn't good. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was pretty tough. It was a hell of a hell of a good start to 2023, but I'm not going to say 2023 is going to be bad. I'm just going to say it was a tough quarter. You there like you that? There Thank you. you. It's there over you now. Yep. It's over now. We're onward and upward, and you'll hear a little bit about how I'm attempting to make things move onward and upward, <sighs> maybe <laughs> later in the show. We'll see. But you know what? Th- these things... You had a tough quarter because you actually do things. 
you, you know what I mean? You're out there doing things. You're you're bringing in a lot of different animals and things like that. So so things happen when you do things, and you know yeah. they're not always good, right? So the good and bad things happen when you do things. When you do that nothing, not a lot happens. So the fact that you're actually doing things and you're out there living life is why why you know why these things happen. Now you know tank was that's, just because you know, but. Uh, you know, the well, that's amazing be- because that's what I tell Chad. He'll be, he'll be like, I want to buy this or can we do this? And I always tell him, I'm like, the more stuff you have, I don't say stuff though. The more stuff you have, the more stuff you have to take care of. That's true. You know, and, and I, I guess that goes for animals too. Yeah, so that's it's part of it. Yeah. Well, and speaking of stuff, you posted something <laughs> last week and I just went, I rolled my eyes. Oh, you had to be so excited for me. I was. I was I was just thrilled that you got another one of these crappy books. So tell us about it. So I I, I don't know how it started, um, but a long time ago I just I I found an old black beauty book in like an antique store and bought it. And since then I probably have five or six antique old black beauty books because that's been in print since like the late 1800s and uh and she forced me to listen to one of those books on the air i read a chapter a day on this podcast many many years ago and glenn still hasn't gotten over it i choked (laughs) up at the end i was like the whole thing and uh so i i found my favorite book book, everybody i know you can write to jennifer at horseradionetwork.com well there's people that go to heaven and there's people that go to hell so you know (laughs) We got to have some down there too. Uh, so um, I, I, I found, I was in a local antique store. It's actually right next to where Lucas does karate. So I just dropped him off karate and I went into the antique store and looking around and oh my God, I found a black beauty copy from 1908. Now this is pretty cool. I have to admit, <laughs> this is pretty cool. 1908. This book has been floating around the planet for over I get a hundred years. I mean, it's it. That's crazy to think it now. It was originally printed when eighteen. I, I late end of eighteen hundreds. Yeah. So I, I I should probably know that. But he, he the guy was like, because it's an antique store where all the rooms are different sellers. And so the uh, the owner of the antique store, I said, hey, um, how much is this? And he's like, wow. That looks old. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And he was like, she Isn't has a price. store it. full of old books? <laughs> it's full of just everything. It's just everything. And like each like little room, there'll be like you know, five or six books on a shelf. And then there's like, you know, a tea kettle from where, from probably like 1994, you know, like, <laughs> toys, like, I don't know, just got everything. And so um, he was like, she has that priced at six ninety five. What? six dollars and 95 cents and i was like oh and he goes well that's a heck of a deal <laughs> i was like thanks and you then I couldn't find, it. <laughs> there's like you know when you open it the pages just kind of crumble off so you can't really open it and i said is there any way you know you can tell me what year this is and so he gets on ebay and he's like looking around in his laptop while i'm in the store and he's like this is here it is this is 1908 this is nice. He goes, that's a heck of a deal. He's like, you gonna make some money on that. I'm like, no, I'm not. Cause I'm not going to sell it. It's because of what, <laughs> what I do. And uh, so it was pretty cool to find a book from 1908. So it's on the shelf. It's definitely my oldest one. Let me just be a nerd. I would like have one from like the thirties, one from the forties, one from the fifties. And, but this is by far the oldest one I've had. So um, I will, it's just one of those things. Like I'd love to buy old Kentucky Derby glasses. So I have old Kentucky Derby glasses 
and I have old black beauty books. And those are the two things that I collect aside from the briars, but I only have racehorse briars. So that, God, I do collect a lot. Okay. So I have here, it was originally printed in 1877. Mm-hmm. Um, the book was firmly bound in the publisher's brown cloth, lettered and decorated in gilt and black. So I looked up on eBay original printings of Black Beauty. And in good condition, well, this one looks like it's in reasonable condition, is 6500 Oh, my God. For the, now, this is the first 1877. There's one in here for 3700 and another one for twenty four hundred, but that one's in really crappy condition. I mean, let me let me redact a statement I made about not selling it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what a nineteen oh eight edition goes for, but there you go, the original ones. If you could find one of those and get it for less than a thousand dollars, buy it. Here's one Whoa. on Etsy; they're selling for seventy five hundred dollars. The original one. Yep, that that puppy's out the door. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bubble wrap it when I ship it. <laughs> And also, oh, speaking of stuff, well, congratulations on finding that book. I'm very proud of you. It's another one that I'll never listen to or re- let you read again. So if anybody wants to hear that original reading, you probably can't find it. So there you go. Um, but it, you can just call me and I'll just read it to you on the phone. There you go. Yeah, you can do you know a what we should session. do is we should do a recording of me reading the whole thing and it'd be like an audio book. Because the reason we could read it is because it's in public domain, because it's so old. We can't get fined for stealing copyrighted material or something and so or you can flood the emails of glenn and ask (laughs) him to have me do a reading again yeah you can try that so over the weekend (laughs) what have you got like you know i never think anybody listens to the post show and so i'll say 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 something at the end of the post show i'll be like if you're listening to this do this well, if you're listening to this and you want to hear a reading of the Send greatest book in the history Jamie of the world, Radio <laughs> I'll forward them right to you, Buster. <laughs> so over the weekend, I was in Dallas at the trade show. It was kind of fun to meet some of the people from Equine Network that I haven't met before, because a lot of the salespeople and things were there. And of course, the this is the Wisa Ada trade show, which means that it's Western and English all in one place. Used to be that they were separate shows. One was in Philadelphia in the winter and always snowing, and then uh, Wisa was always in a warm place which is the kind of the western version now they have them combined and it was this trade building it's an actually a trade building for wholesalers and it's not just not just horse stuff so it's there year round and there's permanent showrooms where people are selling their household stuff and all kinds of things and stores come in to buy it well we have three floors of these this 14 floor building so three floors while we're there in in January and August are dedicated to wholesalers in the horse world. And there were a lot there. There were more than ever. I talked to the people who run Wisa, and they said they had to open up additional space. There were so many stores. Wow. The other thing I, I heard is that the number of retailers there... Uh, has gone up this year for the first time in like 15 years. So what's been happening is, as you know, more and more stores are closing, tax shops are closing, or getting bought out or consolidating, and online is taking care of some of that, but also just, you know, people getting old and closing their stores or whatever. Well, apparently during COVID, a lot of stores opened. So there were more retailers there, and I heard that from some vendors too, that they're seeing more than they ever had seen in the past, that it's kind of coming back a little bit, the local store. So that was good. That was a good thing to hear, having owned one of those in the past. Uh, And so that was good, and people were buying. So, you know, despite the economy, it seemed to be going pretty well for the vendors there. Good. Uh, Now, um, there are a lot 
<laughs> Let me make two comments about things there are a lot of in this world, okay. and, and that is cowboy boots. Oh, my God. Okay. There must have been 50 stands with cowboy boots. How many cowboy boots are there in the world? You can really, really design them and customize them oh to somebody's There's a lot of cowboy boots. And then the other thing is Western clothing. There must have been 150 stands with just Western clothing of all kinds. There must have been 50 that just had jeans. <laughs> It was amazing the amount of Western clothing there, which was more than I'd ever seen before. As an English writer, I must say I've always been a little jelly of the Western look and choices and selections. What appears that Fringe is back on shirts and also chaps. Remember we talked about chaps and chinks? God loves some Fringe chaps, man. Oh, oh well, i got to tell you, there are more and more English writers wearing Fringe chaps now. Uh, it's becoming a thing, and apparently, uh, judging by the number of stands there that were selling chaps, uh, it's definitely becoming a thing. And there was, i got to admit, that when they tool those chaps and paint them and make them colors, it, there are some pretty cool-looking chaps, i got to say. All right, so, I have my old French chaps, I think, somewhere. I'm going to dig them out and see if I can we should at be able least to fit drape in them, them over myself. <laughs> <laughs> you lost weight, you should fit in them now. They'll, they'll fit fine. So there were just tons of, of that. That's the two things that really stuck out to me, was the amount of people, and also Western saddles. There's a million different kinds of Western saddles. I know there's a lot of English saddles, but I don't think it compares to the number of Western saddles. So yeah, it was fun to be there. It was fun to see old friends. I got to see Christy Landwehr. I'll post a picture of us in the show notes. Of course, she did the CHA show here for a lot of years, and we may have an announcement coming up for those of you that are missing, Christy. Uh, we may have an announcement coming up about that very soon. Uh, and, and just old, I got to see Mary Kitzmiller. Uh, got to hang out with her for a little while. So, so it was a good time. I got to do a bunch of interviews also. One of the people I met, do you remember recently, in the last couple of weeks, I think, we were talking about a tack shop in Wellington that I absolutely love. And it's kind of the old kind of tack shop where things are piled to the ceiling and, you know, yeah. and it's not like a boutique like Dover, right? Where everything's laid out in ones. This is just everything stacked up. And it's right across from the showgrounds there in Wellington. It's the most well-known down there. It's called the Tacaria. And it's been there for like since the 70s, and it's just the aisles are narrow and just stuff piled to the ceilings. I met the owner, who oh, also man. happens to be the voice of polo down there in Wellington. He does all the polo announcing at the National Polo Field and used to play polo himself. So I got to chat with Tony. I was so excited to meet him because I'd never met him before. And we did a quick interview about being the voice of polo and also the tackeria. And I wanted to play that for you now. Well, I am so excited because I've met the highlight of my trip today, and we were just talking about this on Horses in the Morning the other day, and that's the Tacaria, which is in Wellington, and I was describing it as one of the old-timey tack shop that still exists in that there's stuff piled to the ceiling and you can barely walk in the place, and that's, believe it or not, before you all started stopping at Dover Boutique, it was all like the Tacaria. That's the way it used to be, and that's where fun was had, dealing, digging through the piles. And I met Tony who owns it. Hi, Tony. How you doing, uh, Glenn? I guess I'm an old-timey guy, so it's an old-timey tack shop. Did you, have you intentionally kept it that way, or just nobody ever fixed anything? No, I think, uh, I think my, my idea is that uh, people should roam around and, 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 and try to find things. Well, don't change it, because I think in... you're the last one in the country that way. <laughs> I think it's beautiful. Yeah. No, we try to cater to everybody, and like I say, we try to have a good uh, a good selection. And uh, 
along with hopefully good customer service. So for those that don't know, haven't been to Wellington, you are right across the street from the from the showgrounds. I mean, we are literally. <laughs> we are. We're we're a half mile from from uh, WEF, and we're just across the street from the dressage. So how did it start for you? Was it in the trunk of a car, you know, selling used sneakers, or how did it start? Somewhat like that. Uh, back in the early 70s, uh, I worked as a professional polo player, ran some farms, uh, some polo operations, and I worked for a gentleman who was injured, uh, who eventually lost his life due to the injury. And I said, what am I going to do when I'm, and I thought at that time, 40 years old, I'm going to be a real old man. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Seems so, so long decided, ago now for uh, me. <laughs> and there was there was a couple of old guys that did sell tack out of the trunk of their cars, and one passed away. And I said, "Well, I'll just take I'll his buy your place." Car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something like that. Were you doing? Were you always in Wellington? Was it always there? We started in Lake Worth. Okay. Yep. Right near just, there. Yep. Just a couple of miles away. So. Because Wellington, Wellington, Wellington started in '78, and I started my business in '75. And in 79, I moved into the polo barns at, at Wellington. And you were an active polo player, obviously. I was. Yeah. And when, when did you give up riding? Uh, it's about eight or ten years now. Yeah. But now... You- I couldn't afford to play polo now. My son plays, and it, it wouldn't be enough enough money to support horses for he and I both. <laughs> no, one string's enough. Right. <laughs> so when you opened that store, was it, I assume, it was much smaller than it is now? Oh, yeah. I started out, I had... Uh, two tack rooms at uh, in the barns and then we moved into a third tack room uh and then i thought well now it's time to go out on the street so we opened up a store out in a, in a strip mall and uh we're in probably our fifth or sixth location now and good for is, now not going to move tomorrow this is the last one okay. for a while <laughs> You're also, well, before we get to the, my next thing about polo, I wanted to, so what's been the secret to that store success? I think it's it's a case of, uh, when I started, I started in the polo business, and that I knew very well. And uh, when the the area grew, and the hunter-jumpers came in, into town, and the dressage and everything else, we we've always tried to maintain staff that, uh, have competed or had something to do with it. And, and I think that's, you know, we're just trying to fill a niche. Well, and you do. I mean, definitely where you're located. But you're also known as the voice of polo. Why is that? Well, because I've announced polo games for 40-some-odd years uh, around the world. I mean, I've, I've done games in China, England, Canada, uh, and the islands, You Argentina. know, being a polo announcer like a rodeo announcer is is a job that's only suited to a few people because you're half the game. You're keeping the audience interested. You're keeping, you're keeping everything interesting. When you're announcing a polo game, there's, you know, you're different audiences. When I do a game on Sunday at uh, International Polo Club, or now National Polo Club, we cater to a mix of polo aficionados, first-timers. So you've got you know, you, to do a little bit of both. Uh, if I do a, a game on a weekday afternoon when it's all polo players, it's a whole different dialogue. I don't go yeah, into You don't have rules. to explain what's happening. Exactly. Yeah. Do you enjoy it still? I do. I do. It, it keeps my hand in it, and it's, uh, it's the second best seat in the house. <laughs> it's true. What's the first? First, first well, I, I, I guess uh, as far as a seat, I guess an umpire would be the first best. You're right on the field. 
Yeah. But that's kind of tied with being a player. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, like I say, you, you always get a great vantage point. And, How's polo changing? Uh, it's changing in as far as it's uh, a lot more professionalism, uh, like every other sport. Uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of professionalism. Uh, the, the people who play polo now are, are a- more athletes than they were before. Uh, there was an analogy. Uh, an old fellow said years back, and he said, In my day, we were cowboys riding cow ponies. Today, it's athletes riding thoroughbreds. Mm, it's true. Yeah, I can see that. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I know you got some business to do. That's right. why you're here. You didn't come here to talk to me. So, well, it was great to meet you. It's and, good to meet you, too. All right. Thanks, okay. Tony. It's the Taqueria. Well, one of the things we talked about a lot over the weekend was the World Equestrian Center because it's a mission for every horse person in the world, apparently, to go there at some point. It's on every bucket list of every horse person, and it should be. Uh, Right now, going on over there, they're having the Winter Spectacular Show Series. That's in full swing, and that is the Hunter Jumper Series that's going on right now. Uh, They have the big Saturday night classes, and apparently, despite it being about 30 degrees on Saturday night, the place was packed. Uh, and over there watching the Grand Prix that was happening, it was a $100,000 Grand Prix every Saturday night. Also starting this week is dressage, and that includes three FEI internationally rated uh, three-star shows, two World Cups. Oh, those Cup- would be fun to watch. Yeah, two, they, yeah that, that, that's not like watching uh, dressage at your local uh, event. Um, two World Cup qualifying shows. That'd be really fun to watch because you know you're going to get the best of the best there. And uh, as well as a whole bunch of USDF and USEF uh, federation shows and national shows. They're all going on right now. So you got the jumpers and dressage together over there. In addition to that, next weekend, if you have a house here in Ocala, they're doing the Ocala Home Show, which we've been to a couple times. So that's happening there next weekend as well. So there's a lot happening. You can go there almost any day and see an event or a show going on over at the World Equestrian Center. You can find the complete schedule at worldequestriancenter.com. And if you stay in the fancy hotel, which is only about three three to five hundred dollars a night, let us know. We want to know what that was like. The income crash crash <laughs> yeah. the room. Yeah. <clears throat> let us know what that was like. Well, I gotta tell you, before we get to April, I, I you know, I've I've uh, I have always had it's what it seems like a border collie and a basset hound. At some point in my life, those are the two dog breeds that kind of, I don't know why I feel like, I think it's the dichotomy of the two. I don't know, like one high energy and one not high energy. Oh, and you've had some high energy border collies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, my God. So I've got Danny, who is half border collie, and I swear to God, this is the greatest dog of all time. Like Chad will hit, will stand in the backyard and hit the golf ball, his little driving range pad, and he'll hit the golf ball into the pasture. And she will run all the way out 150, 200 yards in the pasture, find the golf ball, bring it up, and put it right back in front of his club. I mean, she is like, and you, if you say Danny come, you better watch out because she is coming no matter where she is. She's going to barrel that. She will run through a brick wall to get to you. Just like the best, most well trained dog. I don't know I've ever dog. seen Danny lay down ever. No, but she's like well behaved for like a high energy border collie. But then um, I've always had a basset hound, but, the, but I always got a senior basset hound. I've always done basset hound rescues. And so for the first time, I have a basset hound 
puppy. So three senior Basset Hounds in my previous and one now a Basset Hound puppy along with Danny, who's the greatest dog ever. And that's what we had said was like, let's get a Basset Hound puppy while we still have these other dogs to like help train him, you know, like to be a part of the herd, the, the, the pack. So I've got Homer bless his heart. He's the cutest darn thing you've ever seen. Basset Hound, little male puppy. He's probably about eight months old now. And uh, bless him. He's not little anymore. It is not. No, he's not little. He's a giant. Like he's he's heavier than Danny is, and he's like six inches tall. So he's like forty five pounds, and he's you know six inches tall. It's crazy. Really long, heavy dog. Anyway, I've been like trying to. I've, I've incorporated him into the house. Chad always, we have a mud room. That's where the dogs stay when they're in the house. Not Homer. He lives on my couch and it just, I love, I mean, I don't love it, but like, boy, you walk in and Lucas and I are like, get him on the couch quick. Hurry up. He's coming. Daddy's coming. Daddy's coming. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll distract him. You get Homer off the couch. You know, like that's how it is in my house. Can we not please have the dog? Anyway, I'm like, I'm going to train Homer to do some tricks. I've always trained my dogs to do cool things. And uh, we're still, we're, I thought I had him potty trained and then he pooped in my room yesterday. So the potty training is still a challenge, but I'm going to teach him some tricks. Now, if you teach Danny a trick or Zinni, my other border collie, Zinni, I taught her how to sit up. And if you put your finger in here and you go bang, she just collapses on the ground dramatically and is like dead. You know, and, and Danny sit up and she'll like touch you with one hand and you can ask her a question. She'll like, yes, is your right paw left? You know, no, is your left? And she'll touch like with the correct answer. It's bizarre. So I'm like, we're going to teach Homer. What can Homer be good at? Okay. I'll teach him to shake. Like he's short to the ground. Teach him to shake. Glenn, I'm not kidding you. It took 650 times to get <laughs> high five, high five, high five, high five, high five. And he I, like it's, it's like it's like there's just this severe disconnect in his brain where he just doesn't understand words mean things, you know. And so like Lucas will be like, okay, I'll be like, pick up his paw, you know, all this. So finally, I've got him doing a high five. So now he's learned that trick. Again, 657 times of doing this trick with cookies and he finally gets it. He can now give you a high five. I'm so proud. I'll take a video. So then I'm like, okay, what else can we teach him? What is he naturally going to be gifted at? Laying down. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to teach him. Yeah, he me- has that down fat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Show me your belly. Okay. I, so I like to say cute things. So I'm like, Homer, show me your belly. And he like high five. Show me your belly. And so it ends up with me. Like Lucas will hold the cookie and I'm like, Homer, show me your belly. And I'll like have to grab him and like turn him over. And then he just stays there and then he gets a cookie. So 17,000 times <laughs> we repeated the show me your belly. And now he's got it. Okay. So now he can sit, sit easy. You just lift up a treat and it naturally has to sit. So we've got sit. We've got high five and we've got show me your belly. So I'm like, okay, how cute would it be if he would sit up? Oh, dear God. Can they even do that physically? I don't know. (laughs) Not not at this point, Glenn, because about 11,000 tries. And so what happens is Lucas has to go, okay, sit up and hold the cookie up. And I have to be behind him and I have to lift his front end up and hold him until he gets the cookie. I'm not sure they can do that. The front ends are really heavy. (laughs) I'm, I'm working on it. 
we're going to see how this goes. But I was like, we got to do something. So I'll be like, okay, Homer, sit up. And he lays down. Well, like, no, no, no. <laughs> sit up, Homer. Sit up. No, sit up. Here's my paw. It's like, no, 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 Homer. Listen, one thing at a time. Okay. <laughs> Another thing too, dogs that usually can do that uh, have longer legs, which they use for balance. So. <laughs> He's got a rudder of a tail for balance. He should be able to do this. I mean, I, I, I've seen him try to like counter surf. Okay. He can stand up. It is a thing. And I also thought like if he, we teach him to like sit up or stand up, it'll be good for his hind end building some muscle and get him a little stronger. Oh my God. I'm like, what is wrong with you? And as he teach Danny a trick, Danny's like, do you want me to shoot a gun? Do you want me to drive a car? I'll drive a car. I don't care. Like, whatever you want. Do you want me to okay, jump in the pond and then go to the bottom of it and retrieve a golf ball from the bottom of the pond and then come up and bring it up and set it right in front of your golf club? I got it. Got that. Done. And he, Homer's like, can I just have the cookie? <laughs> like, I mean, it's amazing. Amazing. But again, I've never trained Bads and Hound. So I get a be patient. Everything is patient. We just do it over and over and over again. I just wanted you guys to be entertained. I will sh- I will make a video of Homer and his amazing tricks. <laughs> Most likely, he will just show you what his natural tendency is, which is just to go back to bed. <laughs> okay, so anybody, I know we have uh, listeners that have, have Basset Hounds. If you have a Basset Hound that can do more than three tricks, let us know. Because the third is proving the toughest or give me (laughs) ideas of what to teach him because I want to focus on like natural tendencies, which the sit and lay down and then hit me with your foot. (laughs) Those are natural tendencies that he has. So I'm running out of ideas. Uh, So anybody, please let me know. He's not doing an obstacle course anytime soon, is he? He's not ready Mm, for um, agility. Agility. No, no. no. (laughs) (laughs) But by God, he'd win the cutest puppy award <laughs> do they have classes for agility for basset hounds yes and I, I google youtube basset hound agility and it is the funniest thing you've ever it's seen the slowest thing you've ever seen or can they move along they just you know how the jump is set up and yeah. they they're supposed to run up to it and jump over it yeah. they walk up to it and knock it down and go through it because <laughs> they can <laughs> it's awesome it's awesome it's like the draft horse uh, it's like kind of like the draft horse of the dog world why is my draft horse not a good show jumper? I don't know. You bought the wrong horse. <laughs> That's it. They're the draft horse of the show world. You got a little halflinger there. I know. Bless him. Well, you have a guest coming up. Tell us about that. Yes. Um, so April is one of our faithful auditors, and she made the mistake to me of sending a posting a picture in the auditor's room and some, she was like somebody needs to save this horse and take him home and feed him and he is a 19 year old cart horse from i think corpus christi so he was not cart horse uh like a carriage horse like and the city carriage streets. company yeah okay. yeah worked for a carriage company but i guess they're ready to retire him and uh she said he needs a home somebody buy him and i looked at him and i thought well why not go look at him <laughs> I have a hole now. Zeus is going. <laughs> exactly. So let's let's see what happened. Well, I would like to introduce those of you to the second biggest enabler in my existence behind my son, April. Come back. Hello. Hello. It's good to talk to y'all. And I am so happy to be your second place enabler. <laughs> Isn't she the one that got you into all the chickens too? The rabbits. No, the I had rabbits. nothing to do with the chickens. And it was one rabbit. <laughs> 
Um, April, I do believe the morning you were leaving, uh, you were like, uh, this is too many chickens for me. Can you please just take a couple? And I did. Uh, no, we, we agreed on that at the chicken auction. Uh-huh. <laughs> the neighbor lives always deny it. You notice that? <laughs> Man, what a mess. Okay, so uh, what I told everybody is that there was a horse posted on a page. Tell us a little bit about this horse and what caught your eye when you saw him on Facebook. Um, I was just, you know, perusing, as we all do, and it popped up. And he just, one picture looked kind of sad, but yet kind of like he had just a sweet face. And I was reading it and looking at the pictures, and he looked, you know, finish and he's older and I have a, a heart for older horses. It's just something that, you know, I want them to live out their life as long as they can, much to my husband's dismay on our place. He's like, I don't cut hay just for your horses. I'm like, oh yes, you do. But um so he this, it was just this look. It was very hard to to really explain. And I was said I, I want to bring him home and feed him, but I really can't bring home another horse right now. So just to, you know, share my woe, I posted it on the Otter's Facebook page and, you know, everybody agreed with me. And then lo and behold, Jamie comments and asks a few more questions. And I'm like, oh, where's this going? So (laughs) I didn't actually send her this ad. This was only my doing because I wanted someone to commiserate with me. She just wanted somebody to be like, I'll take him. She that's exactly yeah. what you wanted. <laughs> well, anybody in that area. I mean, there's not he's in Corp he was in Corpus Christi, Texas. And um, or that's where the ad was. That's actually not where he was, but um that's a different story. Um and I just thought, you know, hey, if somebody's in the area, maybe, maybe they need a, a nice backyard horse. So so that's when after Jamie and I started talking and I was going down to Beeville yeah, to pick you were up going my there. You were carriage. going there anyway. Because there was yes, a carriage I was going there. down there. Yes, so going I, to the almond I, farm to pick that up. I, in the world of training horses, I have this need for a quiet gelding that mm-hmm. I can lead baby horses around. Baby horses being right. thoroughbreds off the track, starter horses, horses that have never had a saddle. You know, when you get your first rider, what Monty always says is the best thing to train a young horse is a good gelding. Well, I have one right. and his name is Duke and he is 30 this year. And that's our best estimate, plus or minus a year. So mm-hmm. take that as you will. So anyway, um, there is a reason that I could potentially need a horse like this. So you made the appointment to go see him. Where was yeah. he? Well, you know, the as a Corpus Christi, but that's where he worked. He worked in Corpus Christi, but he was actually ended up being about 45 minutes away from there in the opposite direction of the way I was going. And, um, you know, so of course my husband being, relatively sensible was like, what the heck did you get me into? And I was like, look, we're down here. Just drive. It's going to be fine. And he reluctantly agreed. That is the favorite and, saying of every horse girl ever. It's going to be fine. It'll be fine. It's, it's going to be fine. What could go wrong? Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. I mean, I, I Googled, once I Googled where he was and did the little street view and 
saw the very narrow area we were going to have to park a 28 foot stock trailer um yeah alvin can back with the best of them so i was like we're good it's all right glad he's driving (laughs) okay so you go see it our plan by the way was to have alvin ride him who's your husband because you've had hand surgery and the plan was that he was my plan was that he was going to be the one to do all the things to see this horse so you drive up to go see this horse what did the place look like so we get there and the place is very small trees everywhere's the barn two really rough looking horse trailers there's about eight horses on less than a quarter of an acre no grass um one round bell and like a couple of paths in between and our first thought was how or where are we going to ride this horse um it was not a great situation uh, you know, they, they did have hay. He had hay bales out there and things like that. But I, it just, it was really, really rough looking. And all I could think of is if this horse is not what he says he is and we get bucked off, we're going to come back with tetanus because there there's a disc <laughs> out here that, you know, somebody could land on. I was like, it's going to get, it's going to get real. So, so we, go ahead. I was just going to say, so they, you met him on the road, you walked up to see the horse. What was your first impression when you saw the horse? Well, I walked up and there was one horse kind of off to the side that I thought might be that horse. And I was hoping it wasn't. Unfortunately, it was not. So we went around to the back of the barn and he was in a little makeshift stall eating. And I was like, oh, he looks so sweet. Uh, he picked up his head. There were other horses trying to get his feet around him. They couldn't reach his feet, but, and he was just like, ah, I really don't care what's going on. I'm just interested in my hay and feed right now. I uh, went in there, got him out, let him out, you know, by his chin. He didn't put a halter on him or anything like that. Um, and the horse was exceptionally well-mannered. I, I mean, he walked out when he told him to stand, the horse stood. When he said, let's go, the horse walked. I mean, just as sweet as can be, his biggest thing was, I really want to go back over here and eat this hay, though. And I can't say I blame him because he was re- he is really, really, really thin. Um, he looked like he needed some groceries. His feet were overgrown. Uh, he has one, like, scar on the back of his, his uh, pastern. But, you know, all in all, he looks like he's going to be a beautiful horse. He just needed the weight on him. The so, guy readily so when, admitted. You, when you were going to see this horse, you're like, yes. what, what do you want? I was like, here's the deal. If he's relatively sound, serviceably sound at the mm-hmm. walk, maybe a jog, serviceably mm-hmm. sound at the walk, and he's sweet, he'll work. Yes. So that's yes. what I told you. Now, what did Alvin, because I'm talking to you on the phone while you're there, and Alvin <laughs> yeah. is just, he won't stop in the background. Da, 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 da. And what was he telling you to tell me? He was like, no, this is ridiculous. He's like, I would not buy this horse. <laughs> he is 19 years old, and he is really, really thin, and there's no point in this. I don't even know if he can hold up to the trailer ride. And I called BS, which you didn't get to hear after we got off the phone. Because way back when we rescued a horse that was like 24 years old and his hair was falling off. And that one, I literally didn't know if it was going to make a 30 mile trailer ride. And he turned out wonderful. See? So well, and there's, I was you know, like, this is sounding familiar, Scooter. This is sounding like the farm we got Scooter at, what Scooter looked like. And he turned out wonderful too. 
Well, all yes. I kept hearing was Alvin saying, he's really rough. He looks <laughs> yeah. really rough. Really rough he's was a, the word I that's heard. That's a rancher uh, talking there. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and he, he did look rough. I mean, his hair coat looks rough. Plus, he's got a winter coat on him. And uh, he does. But I tend to try to see past that. So, yes, we um, but we did get to ride him. And the guy asked, he said, okay, so do you want to ride him in a bit or a halter? And Alvin's like, all right, put the halter on. Yeah, exactly. So he gets the halter and puts it on. He's got him saddled, stands for saddling, you know, all, all that stuff is great. And, uh, Alvin you're muffled again, body. April. You got to pull the phone out. But I will tell you that what what I saw in the video because she videos it is I see Alvin with this postage stamp of a Western saddle on this giant horse yes. riding around with a halter with the lead rope actually tied to the sides of the halter, which yes. by the halter is like frayed and falling apart and all that. But yes. he was a good boy for the riding. He did. He, he walked in between trees. Yes, didn't limp anything like that. Um, Alvin got off and I grabbed my helmet and I said, okay, I'm getting on. And Alvin said, I don't think so. And I said, oh, yes, I am. Um, With your busted up hand and your cast? Well, it's a smaller splint now. It's fine. (laughs) Um, So this man brings me a step stool, which was one of these little bitty tiny things that you sit on. And I'm like, okay, because the horse was pretty high. And I'm like, I'm not going to be able to grab with the busted up hand. But anyways, I got on and I rode this horse at a walk. Um, I did not ride him on a trot because I was concerned if I had to pull him one way or the other, that would be a problem. Um, but yes, he rode fine. He's He was just, he just, he was not worried about anything. He didn't care about the other horses around him. He didn't care about what we were doing. Nothing. Well, if he, if he, he in like, fact, oh. was a carriage horse in a city, he should be bomb-proof. He did send me videos of him going through Corpus Christi, uh, and there's lights, and there's, yes, He's I mean. He's seen it all. <laughs> he, the one uh, he video that impressed really me the, the most was he was trotting down the, jogging down the road on what you call it, mm-hmm. uh, trotting down the road, and an mm-hmm. ambulance goes by. Yeah. Lights are blazing, sirens going mm-hmm. like three and a half feet from this horse, and he didn't even flick an ear. Mm. Yeah. And so I tell I, you, when I you tell this horse to trot, he trots. This this thing can trot quickly. It's so. interesting because it's all, it seems like it was all voice commands. And in the video, you're yeah, taking the is. guys just talk, 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 talk. Yeah. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. you do whatever you want. No, now, that's, um, a, that's right. a driving horse, you know? So, yeah. so they, they call me and, and then talking about it. And uh, Alvin's like, don't do this. It Don't do this. <laughs> this is so terrible. Don't do this. And of course, <laughs> what do April and I do? We bought him. We bought him. So he is currently at April's house awaiting her. She's going to actually bring him up to me in Mm -hmm. a couple weeks. I I, and I'm and that's what Chad was so mad. He's like, "Why do we need another? We don't need another." And I was like, "He was like, you're driving this far, And I was like, "No, no, no, No. I'm doing nothing. She's going to see the horse, and then it's her fault. So she's going to see the horse. She's going to ride the horse, and then she's going to deliver the horse. So you know what? You should be thanking me. And when I deliver that horse, there will be a bottle of Jack Daniels for Chad. (laughs) It's fine. Uh, it's it's great. So yes, we decided that we needed him. Um, and no, you uh, so decided you needed him. 
April and I are all oh, we. No, oh, we, we, oh. we we decided it's I it's okay. You meant your I'll take I'll take and you were we, but no, I guess that, not. That's no. not a we. Um, but I will <laughs> no, tell you but that, Alvin that, was that, out there snuggling with him the other day, so or yesterday. Oh, so it's it's well, you yeah. know, for what you want this horse for, it sounds you want him to help train and and you know ride out with the with the babies. It sounds perfect. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. That's what I said. No, I mean He's it really perfect. does sound perfect. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm really excited. So I guess you know, and Chad's like, what are you gonna have him for like three years? And I was like, No, I don't think so. Hopefully. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The last year. I hey, don't know. But I couldn't leave as him there. We learned so, in the last month you can have any horse for a lot less time than that. So Yeah. yeah. Right. And that's what I said. I was like, if we get three years out of him, awesome. Uh, you know, I go, but we got Duke when he was 17 and he's freaking 30, so yeah. shut up. Yeah. <laughs> but right. when, when, or if he needs if he needs to retire, I have room. Oh, you know what I'm most excited about? Just we can get uh, Jamie in the carriage driving now. That's mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. yeah I think this horse would harness itself. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you got in the trailer like that. Oh, tell her about the trailer. Yeah, okay. Tell him about the trailer. Yes. So I asked the guy to unload him because, again, I was like, ah, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this with my hand. And he opens the back of my trailer and he takes off the lead rope in the middle of the road and says, get in. And this horse walked in, walked right up to the back of the trailer from about four foot back and walks in. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh and I was like, times, so. at this time, I'm like, oh, winner. <laughs> Get in. Get we in. all take a horse that did that. <laughs> One of the things that I talked about with April, and because and, and, Alvin's like, don't do this. This is terrible. This is a terrible idea. And, and April, I'm like, is he sound, relatively sound? Yes. Is he sweet? And yes. then I, she's like, yes. And I said, Okay, the big question. Does he need me? <laughs> yes. Like, yes. Yes, he did. I go, then buy him. It's fine. Just buy him. It's fine. And and by the way, like he he wasn't free. Like you think you'd be giving away 19-year-old draft crosses, but no, he wasn't free. But think. that's okay. It's fine. Um, you know, it's only money you can't take it with you. So uh like I told you. What Chad, color I'm is like, he? He's dark pretty. brown. Dark brown? Okay. Well, yes, he's I, dark. Go ahead. Uh, so, so uh, we were talking about the book Black Beauty earlier, and if you don't draw parallels between this right. horse and Black Beauty, <laughs> you don't you don't know me at all because I have like a spreadsheet of like the associations <laughs> with this horse and my very own Black Beauty. So, I would like to read from page one hundred and eighty-five. <laughs> oh my God! Jerry has just gone to the horse sale. And he has purchased Black Beauty. Let me see what he paid for him. I'm sure it's less. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure. So, well, old chap, I think we should suit each other. I'll give you 24. Say 25 and you'll have him. 24.10, said my friend, and not another sixpence. Done. And you may depend upon it. There's a monstrous deal of quality in that horse. If you want him for cab work, he's a bargain. There you go. <laughs> now we'll move on to the next. After Jerry has led the horse home. And says, my owner pulled up one of the houses and whistled. The door flew open and a young woman followed by a little girl and a boy ran out. There was a lively greeting as my rider dismounted. Now then, Harry, my boy, open the gates and mother will bring us the lantern. Next minute, they were all standing around me in the small stable yard. Is he gentle, father? Yes, Dolly, as gentle as your own kitten. Come and pat him. And at once, the little hand was patting all over my shoulder without fear. How good it felt. Let me get him a bran mash while you rub him down. Do, Polly, it's just what he wants, and I know you've got a beautiful mash ready for me. 
I was led into a comfortable, clean-smelling stall with plenty of dry straw, and after a capital supper, I lay down thinking I was going to be happy. Oh, come on. (laughs) All right, well, then I did the calculation, $24 in 1877 money. You shouldn't have paid over $500 for this one. We might have paid a little more. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yes. Inflation. It doesn't quite work. Yeah, exactly. So well, you should have seen him being turned out in the pasture this morning. It how was did he really, do? He did wonderful. He's been at the gate wanting to go out. We put our other horses in the back. And so he went from a quarter of acre to 20 acres of his own for right now. Wow. Um, by the way, we had to name him. He needs a name. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> Glenn, trivia question. What did Jerry call Black Beauty when he was in his employment? I have no idea because I just, for some reason, I can't remember anything you read in that book. It's weird. <laughs> um, his Glenn. name was Jack in the book. They called him Jack. You named so, him a good old draft horse named Jack? His name is <laughs> of Jack. Course. His name is Jack. <laughs> okay, I just got a little choked up reading that because it's like it's a real thing now. It's like a real Black <laughs> Beauty. That I got my very own Black Beauty and now I get to like pay it forward and Anna Sue Wells changed my life. That's April. right. Thank you so much for going on this exciting adventure and taking your husband and all of that. I mean, it's got to be fun buying horses with somebody else's money. That's awesome. Yes, I don't do that very often. So that felt really good. (laughs) Let's try it again sometime. It's pretty much always yours. So it's got to be a weird feeling. (laughs) Anyway, April, I can't wait to see you. I'm super excited. and. um, I'm, 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 I just can't thank you enough. So right now, I can't thank you enough. I may be cussing you later, but you know, right now it's all good. It's possible, but you know, I can take it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, April. Thank you. April. Thank you. Bye. You, you know what I heard in all of that? There Was were, me choking up reading Black well, Beauty for the nine millionth time? That, that too. But I did hear that there were two horse husbands involved, yours and hers, and both horse husbands. It's like her horse husband was defending your horse husband. Just it just happens. We just have to do it. He was trying. How to How is he defending him? He was. They were just in agreement, saying it was a terrible idea. Yeah, well, that's right. Because it, our natural instinct is to say it's a terrible idea, even if it's somebody else's horse. So, because he was kind of in there with Chad subconsciously. <laughs> I think it's just men going. Men. Here's the thing: is that you men don't have the same um, emotional depth that women do, and also because you're a That's heartless it. soul who's That's never it. read Black Beauty. <laughs> and if you have ever read Black Beauty and you saw this horse, he is almost black with a star on his forehead. Okay, I mean, it. Look, I'm going to post a picture. <laughs> Because I had to have him, and I had to save him, and I've had a crappy quarter, and I needed something awesome. And Did you, you notice know that the third horse husband in this equation agreed with you and said, I think it's a perfect horse? Oh, see, one of you is going he's to He's a driving heaven. horse, so I'm going to agree and think he's a perfect horse. But I mean, he's a percher on cross. Yeah, love him. <laughs> it's he all of those. Per- I just want to see him when I come I want to ride him when I come out. Yeah, half percher on, half standard bread, and I don't I have no idea how tall he is. They say he's nineteen. I don't know. I'm sure he's not papered. So is that just like a guess? I don't know. I, and that's what I said to April. I'm like, does he look nineteen? She's like, but eh, he will I guess. be bomb proof. That is for sure. Again, yeah, it's not like I need him to go anywhere. I just want him to walk around my farm with 
somebody riding him with a crazy baby behind him. You know, that's what Zeus's job was supposed to be. And Zeus didn't have the patience for it that Duke does. But Duke is at the point where he can't really breathe all that well. He's got a paralyzed flap and it's getting more constricted as he gets older. And he, you know, he can't walk on the trail anymore. Last time we trail walked him, we had to stop like three times to let him catch his breath. And so um, just, you know, Duke, oh, Duke, it, deserves a second string okay he needs put me in coach i think so too well, you, yay well, agrees. well your horse is going to have unique feed needs i can tell you that but you're oh, used God to feeding bless. skinny horses so if purina could please send me a pallet <laughs> yeah. of whatever they think i need that would be great and purina has you covered from breeding to senior horses to skinny horses to performance horses to easy keepers and everything in between purina has an extensive portfolio of research-backed options for your horse there's no sh- shortcut for quality nutrition cheaper isn't cheaper if it doesn't work put their research Search to the test to find optimal nutrition at any level at your local Purina dealer or visit PurinaMills.com to learn more. Well, I, I think this is a good thing. I think you needed a little happy note to your life right now, and hopefully this uh, this Percheron will do it for you. That's great. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just so excited you're going to be owning even a part Percheron. I know. I've never, uh, I mean, I guess Duke is technically because I had to DNA test him to find out what he was, and he is... Part Cleveland Bay. Like, that's as close to a draft yeah. as I've ever come. He's, he's a like, little part Cleveland Bay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think this is great. This will be fun. I can't wait to see you aren't looking like a peanut up there on him for the first uh, time. You know what? Maybe he's not that big. I don't know. Yeah. I, I did show Chad the video, and he, his, he was like, I can't believe you're getting – not only am I getting a horse, I'm getting an old horse, I'm getting a skinny horse, and I'm getting a draft horse. Right. All of his least favorite things. <laughs> and then I showed him the video of Alvin riding him, and he was like, oh, he doesn't look that big. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> there you go. He apparently eats big, though, so there you are. Well, let's do some – you know, you're not the only one that has problems in the world. It's time for the Weekly Look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. Yes, that's right. It's time for your equestrian first world problems. These are problems submitted by our auditors. So if you want to participate in this segment... All you have to do is become an auditor. How do they do that, Glenn? Go to horseradionetwork.com, click on the auditor banner on the right side of the page, and for as little as $3 a month, you can do that as well. Just like our brand new auditor, Heather, did last week. Well, let's see if she had any problems yet, or maybe she... Maybe she's problemless. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. Carrie says, my two lovely horses are boarded at different barns. So I have to drive 15 minutes after working with one to then go see the other. That's dedication there. Oh, my God. The two, two boarding barns is tough. I get it. Because then be you tough. have to cart your stuff back and forth or you have all your stuff in your truck or you have two things, which is crazy. Expensive. Yeah, that stuff. Um Denise says, my husband had an 80 by 120 indoor built for me this past fall so I could ride more without worrying about the weather. I'm going to send that to my husband. (laughs) But now it takes me like an hour to drag the footing and I'm still picking out rocks. (laughs) Never happy. I mean, that sucks, but like, (laughs) shut up. (laughs) Never happy. (laughs) Sarah says the temperatures have been warm. Oh, Sarah, you must be in Oklahoma. 
The temperatures have been warm for January, but the Oklahoma wind is awful. When I was feeding, a mare blew her nose upwind from me and it went all <laughs> over my face. Yuck. The wind yesterday was like 40 mile an hour gusts. I actually got blown over. I didn't fall or recovered, but just like the crazy wind. So today's you supposed guys, to not. You do have a lot of wind. Like every week it's windy. <sighs> do you know what? Um, I've learned my new horse that I bought from New Jersey that I'm looking for a home for. Do you know what I've realized he, his um, big issue is? He's spooky when it's windy. <laughs> He's in the wrong place then. <laughs> yep. Yep. The other day is totally fine. It's windy. He's like, uh-uh. <laughs> There's something coming, but I figure he'll get used to it. I mean, the, the, you're going to get used to it. It's just windy here or I just need my indoor like Denise has. Um, Sarah, uh, Megan says I could be off today for the MLK holiday, but I'm working so I can bank the day to use when I go to. Oh, God. Let me restart this. I could be off today for the MLK holiday, but I'm stuck working so I can bank the day for when I go on my trip to St. Thomas in a few weeks. (laughs) Oh, you have to work now so you can vacation later. That's so weird. Carly says it's raining in Phoenix again after my arenas just dried up. That's the thing. When it rains in Phoenix, you're paralyzed because it's (laughs) just there's the world does not understand why it's happening raining in the desert. Um, Steph said, I had a great lesson with my trainer, but now I have to wait two weeks be- for another one. Cause she's like two hours away and I have to work. <sighs> I used to drive almost two hours for a lesson. It was tough. That would, be, I don't know. That's a long way. It was a whole day. Just that's what I did on Wednesdays. Uh, Lori says, I got a new to me trailer with the small living quarters at the new year, but my horse is at the trainers for a couple more weeks, so I can't even use it. Also, I want to keep my two horse trailer because it's so handy, but then I have to sell it to pay for my new trailer and my new saddle. Finally, if you can't tell, I'm broke. (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking if there was anything I would drive two hours for every week. I'm not sure there is. I really needed help. (laughs) (laughs) Diane says, my fiance bought me a new iPhone and I can't figure out how I can pair it with my SUV so I can listen to you guys while I drive. All right, get that fixed in a quick hurry. Come on, just get the manual. There's like a little button with a phone on it on your steering wheel and you just tap that. (laughs) iPhone connected to SUV. Diane, you have no excuse. No. I want you listening by yes. tomorrow. But she's not hearing uh, this because she hasn't connected it yet. That's true. She's not even here right now. <laughs> Robin says, my youngest child got a part-time job as a working student at the barn she takes lessons at. Yay! But now I have to clean the stalls again. <laughs> <laughs> Cheryl says, I just got my mare's paper after I've had her... It's got my mare's papers after I've had her for nearly three years, and it's completely confirmed. She's too good for me. (laughs) (laughs) Rhonda says, two of my barn friends went away this week, and now I have too many horses to ride. (laughs) There are people who post on here all the time how they don't have a horse, and they want to punch you. Yes. So, it's all good. It's probably cold where she is anyway. She's in Canada. It's cold there. Gwen says, my, my, my back hurts, <sighs> but Sophie's back hurts too. And I can't afford to fix both. So I have a heating pad while my mare has PEMF, a massage, a new saddle fitter, extra farrier checkups, and a lens neurofeedback. 
whatever that is. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but it sounds expensive. <laughs> so horse chick. So horse chick. My back hurts, but Sophie's back hurts too. <laughs> there you go. Those are your equestrian first world problems, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed um, hearing the dilemmas that our poor friends have to go through. Yes, mm-hmm. it's terrible what they go through every week, it seems like. Day after day, day week after week, it's a suffering. It is. Well, we're going to have a whole week of shows for you this week. Tomorrow we have the Certified Horsemanship Association. Later on the week, Equine Affair will be here. And, of course, we'll be doing some really bad ads on Friday. And uh, Jamie and I will be hanging out with you. So get your ads into jenniferhorseradionetwork.com. And if you want to hear any of the past episodes of Horses in the Morning, go to horsesinthemorning.com, and you'll see them all there, all 3,100 of them. And you might even be able to find the Black Beauty ones if you search long enough, but I kind of made them hard to find. So (laughs) (laughs) You you took the uh, stars off those, took the readings off those. At least I got to read a little bit today. Yes, you did, and I started to shake. Um, So so, uh, hold on, auditors, we'll have a post show for you. We're going to talk about some bizarre laws. Time for the Auditor Post Show. We want to remind you that this is not always safe for work or the kiddos. Thanks for hanging around for our nonsense. We were talking about it before before the show, Auditors. We have never had a reaction in the last year to to just a comment we made about a story as we did the socks thing. The socks thing went nuts. It's crazy. I mean... What I didn't know, what I learned, is that people who wear socks to bed are witches. Apparently. I didn't know there was such divisiveness in the sock world. I didn't know, but I have not. I told Chad, I'm like, this is this is the, the theory. And so he we both slept with socks the first night after this happened to like test out the theory. And he woke up and he's like, I'm never sleeping in socks again. That was terrible. And I was like, I kind of liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to lie. I mean, I'll take him off during the, but you know, other than that, like some nice, thin, com- tight socks. I kind of felt, kind of felt good. Oh, look at you. Look at you. And I didn't wear any socks last night and I slept like shit. So, so there you go. Apparently you it's go. true. It's, it's, it's so true. I just could not believe it. And of course I was away and I was just checking every once in a while. I was like, they're still talking about socks. <laughs> All right. So I found this article in my, one of my favorite places to look for bizarre things. And that's the Daily Mail. Oh, bless And him. the Daily Mail had uh, 21 of the world's most bizarre laws. <laughs> These are real laws that actually, some of them are enforced. How about you cannot give alcoholic drinks to moose in Alaska? So apparently it's illegal to serve alcohol to moose in Fairbanks, Alaska, because they can become aggressive if they drink alcohol or fermented fruits. I would like to, at the beginning of this segment, make you aware of, just remind you, actually, that these are laws because they have happened. Well, and, and they had and to stop them. In 2007, so, it was a perfect segue. In 2007, a moose who was later named by the locals Buzzwinkle went on a <laughs> drunken rampage after drinking at a local brewery supply. 
Buzzwinkle became tangled in Christmas lights and was found in a drunken stupor by locals in the town square. And officials later introduced the law to try and prevent Moose's uh, drunken escapades. So, yes, it did happen. Uh, is it Mises' drunken escapades? <laughs> <laughs> How about flushing the toilet after 10 p.m. is illegal in Switzerland? It's illegal to flush the toilet after 10 p.m. in an apartment building in Switzerland because it disturbs the neighbors. Okay. It is common I've been in hotels where, like, the person next door flushes. You're like, okay, thank you. For yeah. Uh, I, I was in a hotel over the weekend that had, had the loudest floors ever for the people walking above me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, apparently, it's common for landlords to impose the house rules when residents are not allowed to flush the toilet between 10 and 7 a.m. There you go. That's just polite. <laughs> it's illegal to fall asleep in a meeting with Kim Jong-un. Now, we've all heard the stories of what happens if you've fallen asleep in a meeting with him. In 2014, he executed, uh, using an anti-aircraft gun, a guy who fell asleep in a meeting, and another one, a firing squad, in 2016. Do not fall asleep in a meeting with him. It does, it's not, does not go well for you. No, no, <laughs> I, I, I don't think sleep would be the first thing on my mind. No. <laughs> you cannot drunkenly ride a cow in Scotland. Uh, apparently, it's illegal to ride a cow drunk in Scotland. No, apparently, you can ride cows. But you can for- do it sober. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it sober, but apparently, you're not allowed to do it drunk. And you could be jailed for up to a year for riding a cow drunk in Scotland. Yeah, it's a rule for a reason. Illegal to swear in the UAE. In the United Arab Emirates, if you're caught swearing, you could face a fine, jail, or deportation. The penal code states that swearing disgraces the honor or the modesty of a person. The law does not include a spoken word. Is that it, it extends to text messages, or d- it does not exclude a spoken word. It extends to text messages and social media. Good lord, hmm. we'd be out. <laughs> we'd have been. We'd be in jail or deported a long time ago. Remind me not to go there. By the way, um, illegal to pass when now. How many Wait. Florida bizarre stories have we had? A lot. Here's another one. It's illegal to pass wind in a public place in Florida after 6 p.m. Is that like tooting? Yes. Apparently, you can pass wind before 6 6 p.m., but not after 6 p.m. Wait, where is this? In Florida. Just in Florida in general? Yes. Uh, It's considered a public nuisance. (laughs) You should be in jail. You Uh, need to go to jail. I like how the sentence here, it says, it's not clear how this law would be enforced. (laughs) guess so. You just have to report them. Like Jen's going to be like, uh, 911, what's your emergency? Yes, my husband has been gassy all night. <laughs> it's illegal for women to wear a bikini or for men to go topless in Barcelona, Spain. Apparently, the locals... What? This is new. This was made in 2011. Apparently, the locals got so sick of tourists walking around in, in their bikinis and stuff on the streets that they made a law to outlaw it. So you have to put on a shirt and... You can't wear your bikini top around wow. the streets in Barcelona. That's what that's what uh, I walk around campus, and it's everybody is all the girls uh, at OU are in the yoga pants, like stretchy pants, and, and tops. sports like halter yeah. top sports bra type things. That's just like what they do, and I appreciate a beautiful female body just like anybody else would. But um, I would like to tell you that some of some of you don't need to wear that. <laughs> I, I mean. You know what? Keep a little to the imagination. So they would not do well in Barcelona. They'd be in jail. (laughs) They'd be in jail. They'd all be in jail. Oh, this one, I am all for this one. Setting off fireworks in Norway is illegal, apart from New Year's Eve. Yes, 
Let's oh make that God. a law. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> dog owners must walk their dogs. Get this. Do, in Turin, Italy, you must walk your dog at least three times a day or you're fined $500. Now, again, how they enforce that, I'm not quite sure. Do you have like a like you have to swipe your badge in front of <laughs> yeah, a counter? You have to go out beep, beep. Every time you walk out to walk your dog. Now, most dogs need walk three times a day. You're going to have problems anyway. So I don't know why that was made a law. Russia makes it illegal for shops to sell lacy underwear for women. Apparently, in 2014, they made it illegal to sell. So uh, apparently, Victoria's Secret is out in Russia, and it, you can't import it, you can't buy it, and you can't carry it in the store. That is so weird that Russia would have like a weird law that would limit its people's rights in its country. How it's crazy. Weird. It is strange. In Bolivia, it's illegal for married women to have more than a glass of wine at restaurants. Oh, you couldn't live there. I'd be single. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm being married. I'm not married. So people in Norway, Norway's pretty tough. Um, people are not allowed to mow their lawns on a Sunday in Norway, anywhere in the country. Is you that know, like a religious thing? I, no, just a law to keep, you know, just Sundays is supposed to be peaceful and quiet. And you know what? It used to be, actually, when I grew up in a little town in Pennsylvania uh, years ago, it used to be that it was kind of an unwritten thing. You didn't mow your lawns, lawn on Sundays. Nobody mowed their lawn on Sundays. Really? Yeah, nobody did it. So it was kind of an unwritten thing. We're going to Norway. People Nor- go, shh. You know, we're going to Norway later in May. I better check the laws there to me because there's some, like there's some strict ones there. Well, you ours already can't fart in Florida after six and <laughs> you're breaking right. that one. Who cares? That's right. Um, it's illegal to be overweight in Japan. Except for sumo wrestlers, people in Japan will be fined if their waistline is too big in a national attempt to slim down citizens. What? Under the meat. Metobo law, people between the ages of 40 and 74 have their waistlines measured against state-prescribed limits. Those exceeding government limits, 33.5 inches for men and 35.4 inches for women, may face a fine. Oh, my God. That'd never work here. <laughs> Not moving to Japan. <laughs> oh, and Norway again. You want to hear another one from Norway? You sure you want to go there? It's illegal to neuter dogs in Norway. Pet owners are not allowed to neuter their dogs without a good medical reason. It's illegal in Norway. Oh, my god! I didn't know this one. Vets in the country will not neuter the pets unless there is a cause to, including tumors and reproductive problems. Regular neutering is also illegal in Norway, meaning that the dogs are given a hormone Im- implant that acts as a chemical neutering. So okay, they so can't they even do ne- have birth control for male dogs? Like apparently, if you get neutered, they won't cut it off you, or whatever. You have to... Huh. Who knew that? I didn't know that as any kind. Why would you do that? That's so weird that they have like an overpopulation of pets. Wow. It's illegal. Did you know this one? You probably did because you live there. In Quitman, Georgia. I don't know where that is. Quitman. Quitman. It's illegal if you own chickens to let them cross the road. Now, come You must on. have your chickens under control at all times. Does that like sound like equipment Georgia kind of law? Yeah, I don't even know where equipment Georgia is. So it sounds like they're trying to get on the map. Now in Thailand, you can't you you got to wear underwear. You can't leave the house without underwear. It's part of the law and public decency. And my son How do they in jail. That? <laughs> How do they enforce that? No commando in that in Thailand. Do they have you just pull your pants down and see? I don't know. Um, let me see. Uh 
in France, now I, this one surprises me. Uh, it's a bizarre law that was introduced in 1910 in an attempt to avoid costly delays to train services and overcrowding in stations. So they've been lax since 1910 in enforcing it. And it, you know, isn't France known for being a romantic place? And, you know, everybody wants, all couples want to go to France and blah, blah, blah. Well, it's illegal for couples to kiss in France on train stations or on a platform. That's weird. Apparently, there was too much kissing and not enough getting on the train, and it slowed the trains down. (laughs) (laughs) Get in already! (laughs) So there you go, some of the 21 bizarre laws around the... I didn't know about all this Norway stuff. We better watch some videos or something before we go there. We'll get arrested. It is illegal to... uh, Or it's called cruel or... They believe it's cruel to neuter or spay dogs. They sometimes do cats, but they will not cut ears or tails for fashion, which I I totally agree with that. that, But But that's weird. Do they have an overpopulation of dogs? It says that uh, it is up to the owner of the pet. They're they're saying that it's up to the owners to ensure that they do not mate. We know no government official from Norway is listening to I our need show. <laughs> Norwegian, I need a Norwegian listener to come on. Yes, Do I know anybody from Norway? Explain that one. Well, I will try and find out when we're there, okay? I'll go to the local veterinary clinic and ask. You can write it off. You're doing research for That's the right. show. That's right. I'm not sure I speak whatever they speak in Norway. Norwegian, I guess. Um, I don't know. There is a 5 million increase of pets this year to 2021. In Norway? In Norway. No kidding. Yeah, that's so weird. I wonder why that keeps <laughs> I don't know happening. how that happens. <laughs> All right, that's it for the strange laws, everybody. We'll talk to you later. See you, everybody. All right, everybody, bye. Congratulations. You made it through another post show. Thank you for all your support. Now, go ride your horse.